The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Omarensi, the pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down. Let's do this thing. The Monday Night Meltdown has begun. Sirius XM Channel 159 of the Sports Grid Radio Networks. We've got a full house on the program. Countdown to kickoff is on, and we're talking NFL football tonight. Jamie Eisenberg will step up and in from CBS Sports, CBSSports.com. We talk NFL football with Jamie Eisenberg. Rick Saratella joins us. All-access football, NFL Drop Bible. Rick Saratella in the house. We'll talk pigskin and more with George Kurtz. There's a lot of stuff to unpack. Saquon Barkley declines to sign the tender offer from the New York Giants. He can hold out. He never signed. He's not under contract. He does not have to show up until week one uh, right now. And Josh Jacobs finds himself in a similar situation. NFL running backs are all taken to social media right now to um, – to talk about how the running back uh, position and how unappreciated uh, they are. And uh, we've got uh, Pollard, Tony Pollard in Dallas. He decides to take the $10 million, rightfully so. As we've seen time and time again, running backs gamble, and they end up losing uh, this gamble. You know, this is a game of poker, and I tell you what, the, the National Football League general managers, they might blink when it comes to a quarterback, and they will blink. They might even blink when it comes to a wide receiver. They don't blink in a, in a, in a stare down with a running back. They figure, you know what, I can get some other kid brought to Texas A&M and I don't have to pay him anything and he'll do the same damn thing you're going to do. It's a cold world. It is what it is. I've said it before and I'll say it a million times. I don't know why anybody would be a running back in the NFL. I've, like, honestly, I've said this like 13,000 times and I've been saying it for a long time. And in fact, like we've been talking about this for like you know 15 years or something like that, because I've had coaches tell me that where if you really do care about the kid when he's young, you direct them because everybody likes the ball in their hand, right? You want to be a star, you're getting the ball in your hand, you're scoring touchdowns. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, the Raiders are using how many carries Josh Jacobs uh, had at uh, Alabama uh, against him. Right? It's a cold world, and uh, we're just betting in it. So speaking of which, there's a lot of stuff to break down, including the Cleveland Cavaliers win their first ever NBA Summer League championship. 
the game stays way under the number. And we all should have known that this thing was like bait car and we were going to get arrested. Right? We were going to get arrested. We're going to get, you know, we're, we're going to get, we were going to get caught. And it's one of those deals. All these games went over the number. I brought it up on game time decisions, even though I still bet the over the game. You know, I still had that thought. And I said, you know, this is a championship game. Yeah, it's the summer league. It's still a championship game. They're getting rings. They're partying right now like they just won something. So it was a championship game. And we also should have known that the Houston Rockets would somehow screw us in the end, which which they did. And uh, props to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They were they were they were damn good tonight. Uh, great performance. So you know the NBA does a great job, and they've really done a better job of kind of being year round. Yeah, this is kind of the uh, this was kind of the end of the NBA season for real. We've got the FIBA World Cup coming up though. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Omarazzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people at Bustler, but everybody else in between. I am Gabe Omarazzi. The late night anger management uh, professor. We're throwing it down on Sirius XM Channel 159 Sports Good Radio Network. Shout out to all of our affiliates who are stepping up and in and joining us uh, right now. We're talking football tonight. We're talking baseball tonight. We're talking Women's World Cup soccer. We've got a lot of stuff to unpack. Let's start off in the National Football League as training camps are set to open uh, this week. Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports will step up and in and join us. Jamie's one of the best fantasy minds in the business. We talk NFL football with Jamie Eisenberg. Rick Sarah NFL Draft Bible, all access, uh, football.com kicks it with us uh, tonight as well. We've got George Kurtz from the Sports Grid Radio and Television Networks. A lot of NFL talk. We'll start off with Saquon, Saquon Barkley saying uh, no to the $10 million a year, the franchise uh, tag. Josh Jacobs uh, not interested in his franchise tag uh, either. We've seen this uh, script before. And I guess it's a lot like the Hollywood and the uh, the script uh, writers, the Writers Guild and the strike that they're on uh, right now. Writers feel underappreciated and running backs feel underappreciated. Except, I hate to say it, you both know what you're getting yourselves into when you do this. Like, why anybody would be a running back is beyond me. Uh, like, honestly, you have a longer, like, length of career by being a triple X actor. Get into pornography, and your your career can extend longer than, like, being a running back. Like, you know what I mean? I, I think you might make more money as a grip on a set or something like that. Like, we see it time and time and time and time again. So why anybody wants to be a running back? And we see why running backs want to get paid when they get an opportunity uh, to get paid. So the Saquon Barkley story and situation is going to be a prolonged one. We're going to hear about it every day, whatever. It is what it is. He should have taken the original offer. They supposedly offered him like $13, $14 million a year. He wanted 16 or 17 Well, now you've got 10 bro. Running backs, you're not in a position of strength. Cristiano Ronaldo's feeling left out. He says the MLS sucks. The Saudi League's better. Yo, bro, nobody cares what you say. This is sports rage. Defend your rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. Right, we roll it like Shoei Otani rounding the bases. That's right, Shoei Otani just did it again. Dude just hit his 35th home run of the season to tie the game. 3 3. They were down three run, three one. He hit a two run shot. <laughs> like this dude is unbelievable. Like, it, like it's you know, it's almost criminal. He actually is on the Angels, to be honest with you. Like it's almost like all right, just put him on, you know, put him in the playoffs. Like we've got to see this guy play in the playoffs. Just like you know, the the constant big time hits and production from Shohei Otani in big time moments. That's the thing too. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of dudes will put up big numbers, and I don't take anything away from some of the numbers, but guys will put up big numbers. It's like, all right, when did they do it? You know, you hit a bunch of home runs when we were up 14-4 or something like that. Like, Shohei Otani delivers in big-time freaking moments, man. Like, you know, he just doesn't get to do it because he's on the Angels, but if you think about it, like, that's a big-time moment. You're down 3-1 to the Yankees. Boom, you hit a two-run shot. You tie the game 3-3. Bases are juiced right now for the Halos in the bottom of the seventh. George Kurtz will join us uh, a little bit later on as this game. <laughs> we'll see if this game's still going on when Kurtz joins us. He's going to join us at 1.10 a.m. Eastern time. But if you think about, like, Otani, like, look at the World Baseball Classic, right? Everybody remembers him striking out Mike Trout on, on the hill after. But if you guys recall, he came up when they were down. It was like a big-time moment when he came up. And what did he do? Didn't he he lined up, you know, it was like a line drive, one hopper, base hit to like right field. Boom. I don't know if he drove in the run. Well, I don't know if the bases were loaded when he came up, but there's runners on. You know, he didn't hit that home run, but boom, he got a hit. He comes in, he, you know, he gets it done as a pitcher in the ninth inning. He's not even a closer and he got it done. You know, you just see time and time again, this guy steps up at big moments late in the game. You see with the Angels. He hits home runs to win games, tie games, late in the game. Like, I'd like to see how many of his home runs, if anybody's out there that can help me out on this, that isn't drunk, that has an accurate number. <laughs> but, like, how many, I'd like to see how many of his home runs are, have been hit from the seventh inning on type thing. 
You know, like some guys are first run, you know what I mean? They're, I'm not meaningless home run guys, but you know what I'm saying. Like, it seems to me that he's hits, when he hits home runs, like they count. It's like, whoa, like, whoa. Not only is it like, wow, that he's unbelievable, it's like, wow, this guy's unbelievable. Like, he's almost single handedly carrying this team. Just, you know, on, like, this is the one guy, and I got to tell you, too, I just missed the home run, and I've been watching the game. I didn't listen. I didn't think the Angels were going to come back. We start the show, and I hear Matthias go, oh, Tawny did it again. Hit a home run, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I look up, and I'm like, oh, well. And it happened to me on Sunday night, which was what, last night? I actually looked away. I was watching him bat. I stood up for a second, and I sort of looked away. I was, you know what I mean? I don't know. I think I was looking for my phone. I was like, where's my phone? I sort of look away, and then, boom, <laughs> he hits the home run. And I realized, I'm like, you know what? This guy, when he bats, it's like watching Mike Tyson fight in his prime. Don't look away. Don't think, you know what, I'm gonna just going to step away. I'm just going to open this can of Coke or this beer for a second and look away. It's almost like a UFC fight. I have horrible luck with that, too, with the UFC. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be watching a fight. I'll, like, drop something. I'll bend down. What a knockout! <laughs> and I miss it. <laughs> Aaron Judge, when he ran through the wall. I was there at Dodger Stadium. I didn't see it. I was literally like getting a drink, walking down the stairs. I just heard boom, and I like, you know, what I mean, it, it happened like right in front of me. But it was one of those deals where I was like, I kind of saw, it, but like I didn't see the angle. I heard it. I didn't see him, right, run, run into the wall. Yeah, I have a big propensity of like, like you know, it's almost like our TV shows. Whenever we go to a commercial break, that's when like the uh, the touchdowns always happen, and something weird always happens. But that really was unbelievable. Like, this guy is unbelievable. Uh, what's even unbelievable is I'll give myself credit for this. That I said, take Otani to hit a home run tonight. Eh, whatever. It's not like rocket science or anything. It wasn't like a hot take. But he did hit a home run last night. So I was going back to it. You know what? It was basically the Angels have hit home runs in 15 consecutive games coming into tonight's uh, game. It's 15 straight. They've hit a home run. Severino was on the hill here tonight. And, hey, God bless him. He actually pitched well, right? Uh, Severino pitched well tonight. But, you know, the deal was, it was sort of like the other night. We talked about it when the Atlanta Braves uh, were playing the other night. The Braves had hit home runs in 26 games in a row. And they were the, – the, the opposing pitcher was a gas can. It was Michael Kopich. Yeah, the guy – Kopich has given up more home runs than any pitcher in Major League Baseball. And he, he faced the Braves, who had had 64 home runs in a 26-game span in which they homer, homered consecutively. So it was basically like, all right, we know they're going to hit a home run. The question is who? And then you get into it, and uh, we talked about Matt Olson and Acuna, and then boom, right away, Matt Olson hit the home run. So tonight, it was sort of like the Angels, right, who's going to hit the home run? But Otani saves the best for last as uh, now we're in the eighth inning in a 3-3 tie. So as I stated, George Kurtz will join us. And George really is like a baseball fan that, like, he really gets upset about these regular season losses and stuff. Like, I got to be honest, when the Dodgers lose a regular season game, the only thing that bothers me is the win total bet. It just crosses my mind. I'm like, oh, man, I got to get to 97, guys. Come on, man. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But I'm not like... There was, there was, you know, there was one or two games in Pittsburgh. Whenever they lose to the Pittsburgh, that was that Pittsburgh Pirate game. It was like last year. 
That was like the one boiling point. If you'll notice, I'm not like a negative Dodger fan. I'm like, chill out, whatever. The other thing is, too, whatever. We won 111 games and choking a playoff, so who cares? I saw that the Dodgers were on pace to uh, to win their least amount of games since the year that they won the World Series. <laughs> so I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter all this regular season success, does it? But yeah, I don't really get mad. Like, George Kurtz really gets upset about this stuff. Like, Kurtz was burning that they, they lost two or three to the Colorado Rockies still. And I said to Kurtz, I said, no, I'll, you know, you'll join us right after the Yankees lose tonight. And he kind of gave me a look like, yeah, I was just kidding, but he really, you know. He was really upset for real about it. <laughs> he was he was really upset for real. So speaking of the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Dodgers were down early to the Baltimore Orioles, and it looked like Baltimore was going to win this baseball game. But Chris Taylor hits a grand slam. The Dodgers bats have come alive. The Dodgers were relatively hot going into the All-Star break, winning five of six. Then they take two or three from the Mets. They're starting to rack it up. They're starting to dial it up a notch right now, uh, the Dodgers. Despite all the injuries to their rotation, they are still in first place uh, right now and an offensive juggernaut that basically the Dodgers have become a team that's hard to, to bet and under in their games. Their offense is capable of just exploding at any time. Dodgers team totals. I saw, I saw a stat the other night. Like the Dodgers, gee, this isn't exact. But uh, like now, because I'm just thinking, like the one I saw, they were they were like 52 and 30 to the over in their last 82 games type thing. Like this year, going back to last year, whatever the run was, like the Dodgers have become an over team because they do just score so many freaking runs. So Otani's uh, home run, not only epic, uh, but a lot of people think it was the uh, the bat flip of the year as well and I'm having a hard time arguing that it wasn't actually it was one of these <laughs> he's one of these dudes he's just better cooler than anybody it just is what it is like I'm seeing a highlight here and they're showing a they're showing the view of the Angels dugout and you're talking about big league players like they were like kids they're like oh my god and they're watching it and they watch what he does we're witnessing greatness. You know what? We're in an era of stupidity and lameness. But we got some pretty kick-ass athletes that we're watching between Otani and Carlos Alcaraz. This is Sports Rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. 
the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. That's the dumbest bet I ever heard of. I disagree. I disagree. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Moranzi. Cavaliers win the Summer League. The TBT tournament is set to begin on Wednesday. We'll go over the odds. We're starting to really dig in uh, as far as all the rosters are concerned. A lot of the usual suspects. Uh, in the TBT tournament, a couple of teams do catch my eye that we'll talk about. Messi's debut is, um, is uh, what, Friday night, uh, Inter-Miami. Is it 21st Friday? I'm bad with dates. It is Friday, right? What's the date uh, today? As I stated, hor- horrible with dates. Good with time. I'm very punctual as far as, like, um, I'm very uh, punctual as far as the time is concerned. <laughs> we show up on time for the show uh, all, all the time. But dates, I'm sort of all over the place. But it is um, it is Friday night, July the 21st. Inter-Miami and Cruz Azul. And a number is out right now for this game. And Inter-Miami are minus 106 favorites. Messi is minus 138 if you think he's going to score in his debut against the Mexican side in the League's Cup. MLS is off for a month. We have the Women's World Cup that starts on, uh, like, Thursday, Wednesday night, Thursday type of thing. Like, so, like, a lot of soccer. We have the MLS All-Star game against Arsenal on Wednesday. But uh, Messi mania is set to take over for real on Friday night. And um, Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo feels left out, evidently. As you know, Ronaldo plays in Saudi Arabia, not that anybody notices or cares. And for the record, he's not playing very well in Saudi Arabia either. So Cristiano Ronaldo, like there's just, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's just no... The fact that Messi is debuting at MLS this week has nothing to do with the, you know, the fact that Ronaldo picks now, <laughs> right? Like, you know, what a cry for, like, attention. You know, like, Ronaldo's had a hell of a career, epic stuff. Yeah, this has been, like, his ungraceful last couple of years as it could possibly be. Like, you know, you look what happened to Manchester United. You look what happened with the Portuguese side. Like, he's burnt every possible bridge, essentially. And it's almost comical and pathetic to think that if, like, the L.A. Galaxy or something didn't tell Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah, listen, we're going to give you co-ownership of the team, we're going to give you $38 million a year, and Apple's going to give you, like, 15% of all, all new sales, that he wouldn't have done it. Like, you know, the only reason Cristiano Ronaldo's in Saudi Arabia is because nobody wanted him. So Cristiano Ronaldo says the Saudi league is better than MLS. 
for the record, Ronaldo, who was uh, substituted at halftime with a score tied uh, nil-nil, <laughs> says, um, in one year, more and more top players will come to Saudi. In a year, the Saudi League will overtake the Turkish League and the Dutch League, Ronaldo added. I'm 100% sure I won't return to any European club. I'm 38 years old, and European football has lost a lot of quality. The only valid one that is still doing good is the Premier League. They're way ahead of the other leagues. As uh, Cristiano Ronaldo decides to take a shot at uh, basically <laughs> an entire continent of Europe. So he goes after the Dutch league, he goes after the uh, he goes after the the Turkish league, he goes after MLS. And I'm sure there's a lot of people like um, yeah, Juventus thinking, you know, just shut the f up, bro. Like you know what I'm saying, just shut up. So as I stated, this is you know this is clearly the act of a bitter man, a very rich man, but a bitter man. And I've always liked Ronaldo, but you know like seriously, bro. You missed it. It is what it is. Messi's doing it. You're in Saudi Arabia. Nobody cares. That's the whole thing. It's like these golfers. And I got to be honest with you. Maybe the Saudi Arabia League is good. I don't know. What 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 channel is it on? Nobody watches. It's like the Live Tour. Nobody watches. These guys can have 13 holes in one. Nobody cares. Nobody watches. You know what I mean? Like, so you take the money for obscurity, right? You're basically like Beyonce and these people going and playing in front of, like, these sheiks for $20 million. All right, so you got paid. Nobody sees a damn show. Good for you. But for him to call out like now, oh, MLS sucks, all the European leagues suck. That's why I'm in Saudi, I'm in Saudi Arabia. No, you're in Saudi Arabia because that's the only damn league that wanted you. And they greatly overpaid you. And you're leaving out the fact that you get booed by their fans because, you know, you don't do anything. <laughs> and you're making, you're making all this money. You're basically like Phil Mickelson. You don't really do very much. You talk a lot. And you make a lot of money. You did do something in the past. Actually, there's a lot of parallels between the two of them. You were both very popular at one point, but every time Ronaldo talks, it's just like, you know, people already don't really like him to begin with, let's just be real. Especially over the last couple of years, Portuguese people will defend him, but even Portuguese people are tired of his act. So for him to be calling everybody out now, whatever, bro. I don't think Messi's losing any sleep uh, over your comments. Uh, tonight. So that's going to be off the hook later in the week. Uh, Friday night, Inter-Miami, Cruz Azul. As I mentioned, Messi is minus 138 to score a goal in his debut. And let's not pretend that this team isn't going to be, like, greatly overhyped right now. I mean, Inter-Miami are one of the top selections to win this uh, this League's Cup which I think is kind of in, insane when you consider they are right now. They are the second MLS choice to win. They're literally like the worst team in MLS. Like, they're terrible. And I get it. Like, Messi shows up. All right. It's, you know what I mean? I don't know what they're... Like, how much training has he done with this side, to be honest? That's another thing. Not a lot. He just got there. He's been more busy going shopping. And it was interesting to see what was in his shopping cart. As we noticed, frozen pizza. Thinking, wow. 
dude turned down like $500 million a year to move to Saudi Arabia to eat frozen pizza in Miami. <laughs> People were like, mercy, guy really likes his cereal, huh? Uh, yeah, he was. Lo he loaded up on cereal. He had like frozen pizza. It's funny because a buddy of ours, Jeremy Filosa, who covers CF Montreal, who uh, tweeted out, he said, because uh, I remember I tweeted out Messi's condo, and he goes, oh, I'm sure you'll run into Messi or local Publix, and, and people actually did uh, after the fact. People actually did uh, after the fact. See, Inter-Miami are 12 to 1. There's no way in hell I would take Inter-Miami. So what, like people actually believe that Inter-Miami are going to run the table and beat like all the MLS teams and all the, the League MX teams, and this is going to be the storybook like start here to, uh, for, for Messi? Club America are the favorites at 9-1. to one. LAFC are the second choice. And LAFC, we all know, are underachieving and aren't that good. Uh, the Tigres are 12-1. to one. Monterey is 12-1. to one. Then you got Inter-Miami at 12-1. to one. The Philadelphia Union don't suck. So I wouldn't dismiss them. I wouldn't, like, just say, I wouldn't dismiss the Philadelphia Union. The Seattle Sounders are 16 to 1. I would dismiss the Sounders. The sound, this is not a top tier Sounders uh, side this year. I'm just looking at this from a. Um, from an MLS perspective. FC Cincinnati were really good. They've struggled as of late, but they were missing a lot of players. They had a bunch of dudes in the Gold Cup and stuff, so they're, they will be at. Uh, they, they had injured players, so they will be healthier. FC Cincinnati are a dangerous team. I'm you know, like, who's a live MLS MLS shot here? Nashville is 22 to 1. I'll tell you what, the Vancouver Whitecaps are playing great MLS soccer right now. I don't know how they'll match up. We'll see. They get uh, they get Leon, who are actually one of the favorites at 16 to 1. So this tournament starts this week. We got the Women's World Cup starting this week as well. I was looking at the numbers for the Women's World Cup. It's going to be pretty chalky. I really don't know how many upsets there's going to be early either. Like looking at some of these games, like the USA are playing Vietnam to to start. I was just thinking, you know what? We're just going to have to put together a, a very chalky. Let's put. Let's see here. What's well, so a women's World Cup? New Zealand are one of the host countries, but they're they're actually plus eight fifty against Norway. Norway are good. New Zealand or not. So Norway will beat New Zealand. Canada will beat Nigeria. And the United States will beat Vietnam. You know what? That's minus 159. That's actually not terrible right there. It's min minus 159. There's some really, really big numbers here, though, in this tournament. Like, in fact, the USA against Vietnam might be the biggest, like, one of the biggest spreads I've ever seen in my life. They are 250 to 1 on the money line. The United States against uh, Vietnam. Women's soccer. So you have to bet $250 to win $1. So you bet $1,000, you win $4. How much do you know? Even a Papa John's pizza is about 20 bucks now, right? <laughs> so you'd have to bet like $8,000 to win like enough to order a pizza. USA on the goal line. 
minus six. I would not expect them to, to let up or take it easy. It's the first game. Goal differential matters. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gabriel Morenci, Sirius XM Channel 159 of the Sports Grid Radio Networks. Countdown to kickoff continues, and you can just uh, feel it. You know Jamie Eisenberg from CBSSports.com, and CBS Sports is all fired up. Uh, Jamie, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Thanks for having me. It's good to talk to you. So, listen, it's always a pleasure talking to you because we're talking uh, football. Let's start off uh, with DeAndre Hopkins. I know you spent a lot of the day talking about D-Hop and what he brings to the Tennessee Titan passing attack, a Tennessee Titan passing attack that was absolutely anemic uh, last year, besieged uh, by injuries at the quarterback position as well, but just not going to get it done, thrown for 171.4 yards per game. What are your thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins signing with the Tennessee Titans? I think it's great. You know, it shows that they're not going to, you know, sort of hit the reset button and, and try and, you know, uh, you know, look ahead to the future. You know, they're, they're committed to, to playing, you know, and I think that speaks to who the head coach is. I think it speaks to, you know, the personnel that they have, you know, in, in some key spots. You know, I, I don't think they're going to turn the, the, the offense over to Will Levis right away. You know, certainly things could change during the course of the season. But, you know, with Derrick Henry still, you know, producing at a high level and I think a healthy Ryan Tannehill, uh, they have some nice receiving options there, but they didn't have a lead guy. You know, Traylon Burks and Chico Conkle are, I think, you know, guys that they could look at as future pieces. But, you know, you bring a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and that says, okay, we can still be a competitive team in the AFC South. And I think, you know, the Jaguars look like the team to beat. And I, I think they should still be considered the, the favorite. But, you know, whenever Mike Vrabel's got his guys playing, and that seems to be the case more times than not, they're going to be a thorn in the side of the Jaguars and a thorn in the side of that entire division. So I wouldn't rule them out still being the uh, division champs by the time the season's over. You know what? You and I seem to be in a minority, and I'm thinking the same thing. A lot of people are questioning, why would you sign with the Tennessee Titans? 
And a lot of people thought potentially the New England Patriots were in play, but let's be real. If you want to get to the playoffs, there's an easier path in the AFC South than there is the AFC East. Number two, he got paid a lot of money. He gets $26 million um, plus plus potential bonuses. You talked about Mike Vrabel, and Mike Vrabel is one of the most respected coaches in the league, isn't he, Jamie? You know, we're talking about a guy that's played in the league, a guy that's coached in the league, and is known for telling it like it is. I've never heard a player say anything bad about Mike Vrabel, so I'm not surprised he wants to be part of it. Plus, we've all written off Derrick Henry, or at least the public has written off Derrick Henry. What's your take on Derrick Henry? Because I'm sure, you know, DeAndre Hopkins respects the hell out of Mike Vrabel and Derrick Henry and thinks, you know what, Ryan Tannehill is better than most of the quarterbacks that I've caught footballs from in my career. What's your take on what does Derrick Henry have left? Because it seems like a lot of people are starting to write him off. Well, I think you hit on something big there in, in terms of Ryan Tannehill. I'll get to that in a second. But, but yeah, I think Derrick Henry, look, he's 29. We know at that position, as you get close to 30, and at this point, really, once you get past 27, the wheels tend to fall off. And, you know, you saw it two years ago with the foot injury. You know, I think a lot of people thought, okay, this is the start of the breakdown for a guy that's been essentially an alien at the position. He's just such a, a freak of nature and just a, a, a dynamic force. But he bounced back last year behind a bad offensive line and, as you said, some really horrible quarterback play and really – just horrible offense all around him. And now the the defensive front should be a little bit different. You know, where he was probably going to face some eight, nine-man fronts with that receiving core being what it was. Now you can't do that with Hopkins on the field and certainly with Ryan Tannehill back. And so I think the thing that stands out is, is really Tannehill, you know, because when you look at the coaches, obviously everybody respects Bill Belichick too. So I don't think that was a big, you know, swaying factor one way or the other because he's going to play for one of the better coaches in the league. Everything you said about Mike Rabel, though, is 100% accurate. But when you look at the quarterbacks, as, as much as you want to knock Ryan Tannehill, he's been a playoff caliber quarterback. He's been a productive guy since he got to Tennessee, and he's certainly in a much better standing than Mac Jones is right now. Plus, while the relationship with Bill O'Brien, make of it whatever you want to, there's a history there. There's also a relationship with the offense coordinator in Tennessee. Tim Kelly was a guy that called plays for the Texans the last year that uh, Hopkins was there. So I think that matters as well, that that connection was probably important to him also. And I think the weather. You know, you mentioned the division. That, you know, obviously that's a big part of it. You don't have to play the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins. But you also have to play in cold weather. He's never been a cold weather guy. You know, you go to Houston, you go to Arizona, you know, that's controlled environments. You know, so Tennessee is going to be a much similar situation for him as opposed to trying to play in, you know, even October, but November, December, and even January if they get there. So I think all those things factored in, but probably the biggest thing was the Titans came to, you know, the table with a bigger contract, and then the other factors were probably the things that dissuaded for him to go to Tennessee. How much can he help uh, Traylon Burks? And what are your expectations uh, for Traylon, who showed some flashes as the season went on? The expectations were extremely high. There was obviously a ton of pressure on him trying to replace A.J. Brown, a lot of pressure to put on a rookie. What are your thoughts on Burks's future, and what does this mean for him this year? Well, I think, you know, obviously I dabble in the fantasy world. So, you know, I, you know for, from that standpoint, it kind of crushes his upside. But uh, in reality, this is a big boost for him because now he doesn't have the pressure of facing the best cornerbacks and the best defensive backs in the game plan and the passing game to take him away. You know, so he gets to be Robin for a year and maybe two. You know, we'll see how long Hopkins has. You know, we, we've seen sort of, you know, the downside of this is, you know, Tennessee's been a place where receivers go to die. You know, ask Andre Johnson, Randy Moss, and, you know, Julio Jones what it's been like to play in Tennessee at the end of their career. So hopefully it's not the same case for, for DeAndre Hopkins. But I think you just look at the situation where he's got a chance to, you know, still be a, a, a viable force um, as the second option and sort of, you know, get the opportunity to mature. And he didn't really have that in that room last year. Robert Woods was another guy that struggled at the end of his career there with the Titans. So we'll see what happens with, uh, with, with the situation with Traylon Burks. But, you know, clearly the upside is capped now when you have a team that just doesn't throw the ball very much. You know, the last three years they've been 
30, 25, and 30 in pass attempts. So they're just not that type of team that's going to open things up. So that's the, that's the downside for Hopkins, but obviously more so the downside for Traylon Burke. It's easy to forget, isn't it, Jamie, that even despite all the trouble and the injury that, that the Titans had, the disaster that it was, they were still like a win away from the playoffs. So, like, in their minds, you know, I don't think they they think they're that far off. And, and you know, it's going to be interesting. I've, I've been fascinated by the fact how people just want to crown Jacksonville uh, right now. Like, this is, you know, they're they're unbeatable. And I, I understand why Tennessee sees, sees a path here and figures, you know what, why not us? Why not now um, this year? So, obviously, the other big uh, news of the days were in conversation with Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports. Uh, Jamie, is uh, the running back situation, let's start off at the Meadowlands uh, with um, with Saquon Barkley. This really isn't a surprise, is it, right now? But um, this thing has escalated. He tweeted out earlier in the day, it is what it is. What's your take on this? I kind of feel the same way. You know, you, you see what this position is. It's, it's, a, it's a scenario where, you you know, you date, you don't marry the running backs. You, you rent, you don't buy. You know, that's kind of just what the position has become. It's just, you know, been a situation where the, the teams that have the most success, they don't invest in that position. And we'll find out, you know, from a from a situation like San Francisco, who went out and made the big trade to get Christian McCaffrey last year. And, you know, unfortunately how the season ended for them. But are, are they going to be one of those teams that sort of, you know, buck that trend? I, I think, you know, just the understanding of, of playing out of their franchise tag, it seems like Tony Pollard probably has the, the better approach, you know, the, than maybe Barkley and, and Josh Jacobs. Because... They may not get the big long-term deal, and they may not get the guaranteed money that they're looking for. So take the ten plus million dollars and and sort of just see where this goes, because that's just the the, the nature of the position. I don't think we're going to see a situation, you know, with Barkley and, and and extend it to to Jacobs as well, where they do the Le'Veon Bell go the Le'Veon Bell route and sit out the season. That just seems like it'd be a huge mistake at this point, because we know how that worked out for him. So I'd be very surprised if they're not there come week one. Now training camp, they'll make their statements. They'll they'll certainly you know posture and do whatever they can to you know show that they're upset. Uh, but at this point, I think this is just what running backs are. They're just not going to get paid. They're going to have to understand that this is what the situation is. Go out, put up your best numbers, and then maybe some team surprises us and gives you some sort of a deal. It's almost like a horror movie, isn't it, that we've seen a million times before when it's like, don't go in, don't go into the woods, bro. Don't go into the woods. Yet one running back after another feels like they're going to be different. And, you know, I think well, you talked about the Le'Veon Bell situation, which he would admit after the fact that he handled poorly. Yeah, how about Melvin Gordon, right? Melvin Gordon had real money on the table, said no. And how did that work out after the fact? Whether you like it or not, if you were one of these players, I think you have to bite the bullet and and let your ego take a little bit of a hit, and you'll feel better about it after when the $10 million clears in the bank, won't you? Because there's no guarantees these deals are going to come, not to mention injury is always a play away that's what I sort of thought about the Andre Hopkins when everybody raised their eyebrows about Tennessee. I'm thinking if I'm D Hop, somebody offers me twenty six million dollars, I'm taking it. And you know, they could you know Saquon Barkley has been injured a lot. You know, it's sort of um, as well. The production really fully hasn't been there. If you look, if you ask the New York Giants, are you fully happy with Saquon Barkley and what he's brought to the table? He's a great guy. It's not his fault that things have turned out the way that they are, but the production really hasn't been there. You know, he should have just taken a $13 million, shouldn't he? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they offered him 13 14 Why didn't he just take that deal? Yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, it, it's hard when you look at the situation. And, you know, I think, yes, he probably has not produced to the level of, you know, maybe what the expectations were coming into the league, and, and you mentioned the injuries. 
At the same time, I think anybody that looks at the Giants and says, who's their best offensive player, I don't think anybody's saying Daniel Jones first. They're probably saying Saquon Barkley. And then you see the contract that Daniel Jones got. Obviously understanding the positions that each of them play and why those guys are getting paid respectively what they're getting. So Barkley probably felt like he had some leverage knowing that Brian Dable took this job with the understanding of, okay, I got one of the premier players at that position when he's right and turned out to be right last year. And then what's Daniel Jones' best friend at this point? And that's a strong running game and a guy that's not only a good runner, he's also a good receiver. So I'm sure Barkley probably felt like he had some leverage. And, yes, he probably should have taken that money. But, you know, it, it's just frustrating. It, it just really is. You know, when you look at it, and, again, you know, the, the, the value of what that position brings and how much it can support an offense. At the same time, if Barkley's not there, and let's just say he did play this out, the Le'Veon Bell route, would, you know, uh, would Gray come in? Would Breida come in? You know, the backups there, would they go out and get an Ezekiel Elliott or Leonard Fournette or somebody for a much deeper situation, guys that are begging to play, uh, Dalvin Cook maybe, and maybe pay them less than $10 million and see how that plays out? You know, you've heard some situations, some rumors in, in Las Vegas where the, the Raiders might have, you know, rescinded the offer to, to Josh Jacobs and gone and signed Dalvin Cook. Um, I, I don't know how that would play out, but I think, you know, from Barkley's standpoint, yes, he probably should have taken the money that he had offered to him. Uh, same with Josh Jacobs. It's just, you know, at this point, that's just what the position is. It's just unfortunate. You know, I, I think anybody that's listening to this, if you're trying to raise your kids to be running backs, you know, just don't expect them to be the, the high-end, you know, generational money type of guys. It's just not going to be the case anymore. No, they shouldn't be running backs. <laughs> they should be anything, anything but. So we'll get you out of here with a Raider question then. So we have the Josh Jacobs uh, situation. What's your outlook for this Raiders uh, football team with Jimmy Garoppolo under center? Like, I have a hard time buying into this team this year. I got to be honest with you, Jamie. I'm with you, you know, and, and, and you said it. It's with Jimmy Garoppolo under center, and, you know, God forbid the scenario of what happens if he's not under center. You know, is it Brian Hoyer? Is it one of the young guys? You know, what route will, you know, Josh McDaniels decide to go? He wants to have Josh Jacobs there. I mean, the guy led the NFL in rushing last year and really had, you know, the best season of his career. And again, thinking he was probably going to get paid. But, you know, I, I think if you just look at this offense, you got a 30-year-old Devontae Adams who's not happy. you got a quarterback that's got a foot issue, and who knows if he's going to be, you know, ready for week one. And it just feels like everybody else in the division got better, whether it was the Broncos getting the head coach and Sean Payton, the Chiefs being the Super Bowl champion, and, you know, the Chargers finally getting an office coordinator that can, you know, make some plays if they stay healthy. So everybody seems to be better around them. And now you're looking at the Raiders, disgruntled running back, wanting to get paid, disgruntled wide receiver, not happy with the quarterback situation, and a quarterback could be injured. Yeah, for me, I'm out on the Raiders. I just feel like it's going to be a very tough year for them. And I think it's almost a, in their best interest to sort of say, okay, we are going to start the rebuilding process now, maybe trade Devontae Adams midseason, see if uh, you know, a contender wants to you know, pony up uh, a first-round pick for him, maybe more. Um, and Josh Jacobs is, is clearly somebody that I'm not going to pay because I don't think that the future of our team, when he is still in his prime, is going to be there because they have to find the right quarterback. Jamie Eisenberg. Jamie, it's always a pleasure talking football uh, with you. I uh, can't wait to start talking fantasy football as well. Jamie Eisenberg, one of the best in the business, CBS Sports, cbssports.com. Always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me as always. There's Jamie Eisenberg, cbssports.com, kicking with us on the Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. 
Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Bortridge. I am Gable Moretzi. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down. Let's do this thing. Yankees and Angels are in tax trainings. Thanks to Jamie Eisenberg uh, for joining us on the program and um, talking about the Tennessee Titans. A lot of people, you know, why did DeAndre Hopkins do that? Whatever. A lot of people are idiots, right? We live in a know-it-all world right now, and you have people that, you know, Will never. The only time they'll ever get twenty-six million dollars in their life is they're going to win the lottery. But they'll tell other people. People are big at like giving other people advice. <laughs> that like, oh, they, they he should have done that. It's like, well, you're not the professional athlete, actually. You know, he actually is the one with the money. And we were just talking about like Saquon Barkley could have gotten, I don't know, thirteen, fourteen million dollars. I think the Giants offered him like in between thirteen and fourteen in that range. He didn't take it. Now he's he's dealing with ten million. It's worse, right? It's worse. So you take the money, but I think that the the Tennessee Titans look at the division and quite frankly think, you know what? It's only the Jacksonville Jaguars that we have to contend with. Like anybody that thinks DeAndre Hopkins should have went to the New England Patriots, like why would he do that? Like seriously. Why, to play against the Buffalo Bills twice a year? To play against the Jets Jets twice a year? To play against the Dolphins twice a year? And you're the worst team in the division by far. Like what? Like you know what I mean? What would he have to gain to do that? Oh, but he plays with Bill Belichick. You know, whatever, dude. Bill Belichick hasn't won anything in his career without Tom Brady as his quarterback. So Tom Brady ain't his quarterback anymore. And we're seeing this. Like I, you know, I'm just being real. People are not going to want to call that out for what it is. But let's be real. It is what it is. Tom Brady left and went and won a Super Bowl. The New England Patriots are getting worse and worse. Like, it's not getting better. They're not on the verge of winning anything. But as far as the Titans are concerned, there's no reason why this team can't go over seven and a half wins this year. Now, was it the right thing to do? Should they be rebuilding? Maybe, but... Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 